heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Wednesday, February 24th. It's Ian Cameron, it's Jimmy Murphy with you uh, on this Wednesday. Of course, we're here talking about the NHL from a betting perspective, seven days a week, uh, both live on YouTube and, of course, in audio podcast form here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And usually our focus is betting, breaking down each and every game from a betting perspective. That's always what our focus is each and every show. But when you get the kind of big-time, earth-shattering NHL news we heard this morning, you got to talk about it a little bit. And certainly we had that this morning. Obviously, the uh, big news being the Montreal Canadiens firing Claude Julien, head coach, as well as assistant coach Kirk Muller. Taking over will be Dominic Ducharme, who, of course, had a lot of success in the uh, Quebec Junior uh, Hockey League, uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with Halifax has been on the assistant coaching staff. He'll take over. They're bringing Alex Burroughs, former NHLer, in to be an assistant alongside Ducharme. He had been coaching the Laval team in the AHL uh, the last little bit. Um, to me, this is a knee-jerk decision. This is a, a, a you know almost like a, a panic move a little bit. Uh, Claude Julien, obviously, is a guy that's been under a lot of scrutiny, a lot of pressure coming into this season with high expectations. And look, when it's the Montreal Canadiens and the aspirations and the expectations are not only playoffs, but a deep playoff run, and you have the kind of swoon and the kind of you know tough time they've had the last couple of weeks, that's sometimes what you're going to see in Montreal. You're going to see the coach can, you know, when it just all of a sudden out of the blue, like a two by four upside the head, coach is out. You know, when you have this kind of spurt, that's what you get sometimes with a team where the pressure and the expectations are ratcheted up to a almost absurd level. And that's why you end up getting this kind of situation here. There's a lot of ways you could go about this. I mean, to me, Claude Julian, obviously things weren't going well for Montreal going all the way back to before the pandemic arriving. There was probably already some thought maybe about making a change back then, but thanks to the pandemic, Thanks to the different playoff format, they got into the playoffs last year. You could say they were fortunate to get in, but they got in. 
but they made the most of it. They played great hockey in the bubble. I thought their playoff performance was pretty solid. You could argue they could have beaten the Flyers. They outplayed the Flyers for a lot in that series, but just couldn't capitalize on their chances. And I remember Claude Julian in his offseason presser, one of the things he says, you know, I can't make I, – I did all I could with this roster, but almost hinting that, hey, we got to upgrade the roster. So here's what bothers me here. Mark Bergevin listened to Julian say that. He did go ahead and upgrade the roster, which he did. He upgraded it significantly. Look at all the moves he made with Josh Anderson, with Tyler Toffoli, with Joel Edmondson on the back end, with giving Carey Price a legitimate quality backup in Jake Allen, who's actually outperformed Carey Price so far this season. He did all of those things, and Claude Julian was kind of hinting at that, you know, needed a roster upgrade, and yet he's not even going to let Claude Julian more than a month into this new season to see it through. I mean, it, it, it's to, to me, it's remarkable. And and I'm even more shocked, Jimmy, that I've been hearing and reading stuff that they were thinking about canning Claude Julian had they lost to Toronto. That game that they were down one nothing, they rallied, they won 2-1. to one. It was the d- game before they had that one-week pause, that one-week break in their season. They were thinking of uh, firing Claude Julian after that game had they lost it. But they didn't. They gave Julian a stay of execution. Uh, And sure enough, they come out of their break and what ends up happening, loss to the Leafs and then the back-to-back losses uh, to the Ottawa Senators. And here we are with Claude Julian fired. To me, there's too many other uh, issues. I think part of it too, Jimmy, is they love Ducharme. There's, I think, Bergevin and there's people in that brass and that management group that think that he's a guy that they can go with long-term. He fits, of course, the Francophone, you know, head coach, which is always a, a sticking point when it comes to Montreal. Alex Burroughs is apparently the special teams guru, uh, a guy that can help this power play, which apparently was a huge, huge factor in making this coaching change, that the power play has just fallen off the cliff again for Montreal. It was bad last year. Uh, it's It started out the season pretty good early this year, and then it's just been terrible lately. And Kirk Muller especially paid the price for that. He looks after that group as well. Um, to me, though, it was just a little, I wouldn't have done it right now. I'm not saying if the struggles continue, there wouldn't have been a time when that's the right move to make. I just think it was too soon. I think when you upgrade the roster for Julian and you're not even going to give him over a month to look, see this season through and get through this little struggle, this bump in the road that they've had, it's it's a bit surprising that it happened this quickly, this firing, considering just how everyone was praising Julian and how the Montreal Canadiens played so good in the bubble, the offseason uh, moves. Just a little bit too soon in my mind, but here we are with the Montreal Canadiens making this coaching change. Uh, Jimmy, I know you've got some strong thoughts and opinions on this. The floor is yours. Uh, what's your thoughts on what we heard uh, this morning with the dismissal of Claude Julian? And I put the ball on the tee for Jimmy, and he's uh, There we go. <laughs> my bad. Thank goodness, thank goodness you didn't go two minutes or, and nobody heard you. I stopped. I stopped <laughs> I stopped you early so you could fix it. Yeah, now you can well, go. It might, it might be it. better off. Uh, Mark Berger won't like what I'm about to say. Um, look, I, you know, you say too early. I'm wondering, you know, Ian, you, you bring up what they did last year. And then the, I'm wondering if too late, you know, I mean, you look at it and this is kind of what happened in Boston. And people are going to say, oh, well, look what Bruce Cassidy's done. Yeah. You know what? It ended up being that was the right move to happen for the Boston Bruins at that time when Claude Julian was fired in favor of Bruce Cassidy in February 2017. That that turned, you know, hindsight's 2020, but at the time, no one knew it was going to be the right move, but it ended up being the right move. 
I don't see these situations as comparable. There's just too many different elements. The, the greatest being the pandemic and the, the pause season and, and then the getting back in the playoffs and then and then coming back. If he goes out, you know, Mark Bergeron does not have a good track record as a GM right now as the Montreal Canadiens, with the Montreal Canadiens. And he's made some really bad drafting mistakes. He's made some really bad signing mistakes. Um, and I, I think coaching mistakes as well. I, I think that what should have happened was they should have just parted ways with Claude Julien after the bubble. They should have just, because I, I think that this was in the back of Bergevin's head that he was saying this was definitely a possibility. If we don't get off to a good start, I'm going to do it then. Why not just do it then and start with a clean slate? You mentioned them bringing in the new players. Uh, you know, just do it all together at once and, and start fresh and go forward. You don't do that. They come out of the gate stormy, all right? And now, and this is where I agree with you, now they hit their first speed bump. I mean, a week ago, they're talking about, the oh, the season's back. We They beat the Maple Leafs. They had a great comeback win. You know, let, let's track the cup parade down St. Catherine Street. That's how the people were talking only 10 days ago in Montreal. And, and now you just turn around and you do this. It just seems like you said, I think, is the best word to describe it, a knee-jerk reaction. And that's not how you should coach, a, uh, manage a team. That's not how you should run a team. And, and this could come back to haunt them. And, you know, I, I see people going at me because I disagree with the move. You know, I got some people in the Montreal media, uh, Mitchie Gallo from TSN 690, saying, oh, well, you know, now they have a, a set of fresh ideas. How the hell is bringing in an assistant a set of fresh ideas? He's the same guy that's been on a bench promoting the ideas that you had before. How is that fresh ideas? He was part of the problem. But the bigger part of the problem, and this is the problem that nobody in Montreal will ever be uh, courageous enough to identify or do something about, is the guy between the pipes. And, and the way that they coddle Carey Price and the way that they just manage him, and nothing can be Carey's fault, it's he's fine, he's our savior, he's the best goalie ever, he's the best goalie in the Bullshit, he's the best goalie in the world. Have you looked at his stats since 2016? Okay. You need to win. Any coach needs a goalie to make saves. And Claude Julien hasn't had that in Montreal. And, and neither did Michelle Terrian for a good period of time. So I think the main problem is Carey Price. Until he's fixed, then the Montreal Canadiens won't be fixed. And, and going forward, I don't see how you fix that problem. It's not something you can do right now in season. They had their chance to do that. The Colorado Avalanche were willing to deal with them and take on Carey Price's contract. They didn't do it. They stay with Carey Price, and that's going to be Mark Bergevin's downfall when all is said and done, and he finally, uh, by the grace of God, gets fired in Montreal. I don't know what pictures he's holding on Jeff Molson, what he has against him, but it's about time that the finger gets pointed at uh, Mark Bergevin here, and it, it, there's no other direction of pointing in right now. I mean, he's fired two coaches now. He, he He's failed to make the playoffs numerous times. This is on Mark Bergman now, so he better hope that this knee-jerk reaction pays off because if not, he should be out of job. But I don't know if he will be because he seems to have Jeff Molson by the balls. Who knows? There's been opportunities to can Bergevin many times in the past, no question. You know that cat – what's the saying? The cat with nine lives? Well, this yeah. is – Mark Bergevin's the cat with nine coaches because it may yeah. take nine coaches for him to finally lose his job. It's going to fire nine of them here yeah. in Montreal before finally – uh, he gets uh, shown the door with this Canadians team. Price definitely is part of this problem right now. The goal that he allowed 
against Ottawa last night. Montreal's got that game going. They've got that game flowing yeah. in their favor. They take the lead 4-3. to three. The goal scored by Kachuk to make it 4-4. Four, four. That can't go in. That cannot no. go in. That's no. not a goal that should but get by Julian's fault. at any that's point. That's Julian's fault. You know, forget yeah. it. You know, that's Julian's fault, Ian. Just blame the coach. That's it. It's yep. his fault. Yeah, you know? Claude, Claude Julian. Yeah, exactly. He can put the pads on and get that save. He didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's part of the problem. You know, obviously, Suzuki and Kotkin Yemi were great in the bubble. They've been too inconsistent this year. I'm still waiting for Jonathan Drew and Mikhail Sergachev trade. That is a blisteringly bad trade on the resume of Mark Bergevin. That is a horrid trade, how that's turned yeah. out. All I see is Sergachev making a huge impact every single night on that Tampa blue line. It was a big piece uh, in their Stanley Cup championship drive last year, playing great every single night. He's even got a little spunk to him. You know, he's willing to get his nose in the scrums as well, which I think is pretty impressive. Let's go back here's to Duran floating around, doing yep. absolutely nothing. Can't find him with a telescope on the ice most nights. That's just a horrid trade looking back on it. Look what Sergachev's done in Tampa. Look yep. what Drouin's done in Montreal. And here's another trade I'll take him to school on. And, and people are going to disagree with me, but I want to ask you, how many playoff series have the Canadians won with Shea Weber? Oh, Well, they got the one against Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, well, okay. We'll count that, I guess, yeah. in the bubble. But they in weren't the even bubble. supposed to be in the playoffs. So besides that bubble win there, and, and technically that wasn't a playoff win. That was a – Play and win. If I'm a qualifier if I'm win, a qualifier play in series. Official playoff rounds have the Montreal Canadiens won since they acquired Shea Weber. None? Okay, take yeah, that away, none. None. That's yeah. right. When was the last time they won a playoff round? Oh, that's when they had PK Subban. Let's not forget that trade. People are going to sit and say, oh, well, what's Subban doing now? Oh, well, you know what he's doing? He's reinventing himself and, and becoming a contributor on a up-and-coming New Jersey Devils team. What's Mark Bergman doing? Oh, he's scapegoating a head coach for all his past failures. I'm telling you guys, I'll go back to that P.K. Subban trade. Everyone said that they needed to move Subban out of there because there was a leadership problem in that dressing room. Well, what has that leadership core done since that trade? What if Shea Weber and Brendan Gallagher won? They traded out Max Pacioretty, so they tried to blame him too. And now they, they ship out Claude Julian. At what point do, do people start to look in the mirror in Montreal? At what point does that happen? At what point does Mark Bergman look in the mirror? And at what point does that leadership core look in the mirror in Montreal? Carey Price is part of that leadership core. And you know what? They see a guy floundering like he does, letting in those goals at crucial times. That crushes a team. Not Claude Julian sticking with Philip Deneau twice, uh, you know, in overtime. That's not crushing a team. What's crushing a team is Carey Price giving up that goal that you mentioned there. I'm sorry. It's time to recognize the bigot things in Montreal. And Claude Julian was not the problem. The problem is Carey Price and the problem is Mark Bergman. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, and you said it. Uh, you've said it on Twitter. Uh, you said it uh, when we were talking just before we started our uh, show today. You know, drafting's been piss poor as well. Yeah, uh, at times for this Montreal Canadiens team. Alex Galchenyuk, as Jerry calls him, Del Chuckluck, gets drafted. Brady Kachuk doesn't get drafted, among others, by this Montreal Canadiens team. Uh, drafting has been suspect. Uh, yeah, at this point, Mark Bergevin, somehow, you got, you're right, maybe he's got bla some blackmail info. He's got some kind of sordid story that he's found out on, about the ownership and Jeff Molson in Montreal. Who knows? 
but he keeps on surviving. He keeps on seeing it through. And you're right. This this feels like this has to be the last stand for Bergevin. If Ducharme doesn't turn this ship around here yeah. for the Montreal Canadiens, that has to be it for him at this point. But, you know, you can't say 100% sure uh, you, that you're 100% sure about that, considering we've had open doors, open opportunities, sensible timing to see a GM change here in Montreal in the past, in the last couple of seasons. And we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You know, we're still waiting on that. So, now it's uh, Dominic Ducharme. Uh, the not the ball is in it is in the puck is on his stick. You know we yeah. got to use the hockey analogy there. The puck is on his stick. Let's see what he does with it. You can't deny he was good at the junior level, the World Junior Hockey Championship. That's another guy. thing that they pointed out about him. He is good in a tight time frame where he's got all of a sudden. Whoa, you're the head coach of Team Canada at the World Juniors. Here you go. Yeah, make it work. Like make it happen. Yeah. And now here he is. Yeah, let's see. You're now taking. Yeah, you're now taking over for Claude Julian here in Montreal. We're reeling right now. We're not playing well. Here you go. Make it work. Turn this thing around. He could do it with Canada World Juniors. This ain't Canada in the World Juniors. It's the NHL. You know, this is the number one professional league in the world, and this is a pressure market in Montreal that can eat you, chew you up, and spit you out when things are going poorly. Uh, yeah. Everybody knows that about that yeah. market. Let's see how he how he handles it, Dominic Ducharme. He's got the ability. Does he have the temperament? And can he do it at this level? That's the question. Final words, Jimmy, and then we'll turn our attention to the uh, betting card for this uh, Wednesday. My final words would just be, you know, I guess the biggest question mark I have now is with Ducharme taking over, you know, if, if Price continues to struggle, do they just ride Jake out? I, d does he have the balls to do that, you know, despite – Price's contract and his stature, does he have the balls to essentially bench Carey Price and let Jake Allen take over the number one spot, which at this point he's earned? The, I mean, the stats say it all. It is what it is, people. Look, I have nothing personally against Carey Price, but I deal in reality. I don't deal in, oh, this is the guy that won the gold for Canada in 2014 and the Vesna MVP in 2015. That's gone. That's over with. And what's, what has he done since 2015? And, and, and the answer is nothing but lose. So at what point does a coach say, all right, I'm going to do this? And maybe that was Claude Julian's downfall. Maybe he should have started Jake Allen last night and Claude Julian still has a job today. Maybe he didn't have the permission to do that. Maybe there's orders coming from above. But something has to change there. If he continues to struggle, this team won't go. It doesn't matter if you bring back Scotty Bowman in their prime. This team will go nowhere if Carey Price keeps playing the way he's playing and you keep throwing him out there. That's that's my final word. That'll be interesting to see. And again, Montreal, first game with the new head coach. We're always interested. We'll usually get that first, you know, light the spark performance. That first game, will we see it from Montreal? They're back in action tomorrow night, taking yeah. on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we will break down that game on Thursday's show. Uh, Jimmy, let's get into tonight's card. We're going to start with a couple of 5 o'clock games. I know. Uh, late afternoon hockey. Uh, Got to love it. And, and a really good one here. Another matchup with the Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 150 to minus 160. Home favorites, total six across the board. Carolina hasn't lost two in a row yet this season. And obviously that is something that is uh, on the line here after they fell four to two to the Lightning in Raleigh a couple nights ago. Uh, but for the Tampa Bay Lightning, that win snapped a two-game losing streak for them. They had lost the first game against Carolina 
and then they had lost to Florida, the Red Hot Panthers, uh, previously to that. So a bounce-back win for Tampa. I like Tampa in that game. I'm very torn on the side here. Carolina has been too good off a loss that I don't want to go against them as an under, at an underdog price here that they're getting. But at the same point in time, Tampa Bay, usually when they snap a losing streak, they don't usually go right back and lose that next game. Usually it leads to three or four in a row that they win. That has been the pattern for the Lightning. And they're back home where they played excellent. It's mm. been very, very tough to and anybody to beat Tampa Bay uh, on their home ice this year. Uh, so it's one of those games back and forth we go. It's Nadelkovich and Vasilevsky and net. Nadelkovich impressively shutting out Tampa Bay for nothing over the weekend. But this is now second look for the Lightning against this young goalie in less than a week. You got to think there's more of an idea, tendencies, weaknesses, ways to beat him. So I don't think Nadelkovich is going to fare as well here in this one. Um, I would probably lean Tampa if I had to bet a side, but I don't want to go against the Canes off a loss where they've been uh, just perfect, you know, on the season. But I do like the over here, six. It pushed on the uh, total in the last game, 4-2. It uh, landed on six. I think it gets over that here uh, in this one. Tampa Bay's also really had uh, no problem finding the back of the net here on home ice. In fact, they've even scored even more when they play here in uh, Tampa. So I like this game over the total. Uh, just a lean on the side to the Lightning. Jimmy, what do you think here? Carolina, Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, I'd have to be looking at it the same way right now. Ian, um, you know, it's interesting. You look at, at the, the rankings there. I've been looking at a lot of different power rankings the past couple of days. Um, and just that they, they've got Carolina. A lot of people have Carolina ahead of Tampa Bay right now. And I, I just, I don't see it right now. I, I think Carolina is a good team. I think they're a solid team. But their goaltending still scares me. Uh, and also, I just want to see what they do when it counts. Uh, they, they've had some really good regular seasons. They made that run a couple of years ago to the conference final. But there's just always been something missing about that team right now. And I, I still feel like Tampa is ahead of them. I know they're not in the stands. But in terms of who the better team is and where they're headed, I still like Tampa Bay there. So I'm with you. I would, If I was going to go with a side here, I would lean with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but I'm going to stick with you on this. I'm going to do the over total, and I'm also going to throw something on the over in the first period as well. All right, over one and a half first period and over six for the game. 15 high danger chances uh, for uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning against Carolina when they had that 4 nothing shutout loss. So he was really good, Nadelkovich, but I, I don't know. The second game in, what, four or five days you're going to be playing this team again, and now you got to do it on the road. And I think Tampa Bay is just the kind of team that once they see a goalie once – they're going to have a much better idea of how to beat him and have more success finding the back of the net against him that second game. I think we see that here uh, in the uh, Hurricanes-Lightning game. I was going to say tonight, but late this afternoon. Another late afternoon matinee affair, and both of them in the state of Florida, coincidentally. I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, Wednesday afternoon, hockey day, hockey afternoon in Florida, apparently, yeah. uh, on this Wednesday. But Dallas and Florida, another rematch situation here with Florida minus 140. Uh, the total five and a half across the board. Uh, another victory, another day, another win uh, for the Florida Panthers, uh, beating Dallas uh, uh, three to one uh, last night. Uh, Dallas, 52 shots on goal allowed in that game. And Anton Hudobin's the only reason they were even within striking distance of right. the Panthers uh, in that game. He was absolutely terrific. Uh, it was just a complete and utter uh, ass kicking. You know, Florida fully deserving uh, of the two points in that game. 
Um, they're not they're not a team I'm going against right now. And we've talked about this with Dallas. They're not playing fluid hockey uh, at this point in time. I, I think they're starting to really miss Sagan and Radulov from an offensive standpoint. You know, two of the guys that they count on most for goal scoring and offensive production, and they're still out, and you're not getting consistency from the guys that are in the lineup and on the ice uh, on a nightly basis for this uh, Dallas team. I, t- I ca- cashed a ticket with Florida uh, in the last game between these two teams. Now they're laying a bigger price, though. I don't like it as much. So I'm passing on this game from a side perspective, probably from a total standpoint as well. You would think Dallas really wants to play a little bit tighter after giving up the uh, absorbent amount of shots, exorbitant amount of shots they had uh, the other night. It will be Hudobin again uh, in net for Dallas, and it'll be Chris uh, Drieger again in, for, in net for the Panthers. You know, Bobrovsky's lost each of his last two starts, and Joel Quenville sees this guy playing solid night in and night out, and he's r- rocking with him. Chris Drieger uh, once again in net for the Panthers. So, like I said, I'm just not going against Florida, not with the way the Dallas team is playing right now, but I do expect the Stars to have a step-up game, step-up effort, uh, and be a lot better. Will it be enough to win? I'm not sure, but I'm not willing to trust them enough to put my money down on them. So it's a pass for me on this game. What do you think, Jimmy, with Stars-Panthers? Uh, you know what? I'm liking the Panthers in this, but I'm going to go just to get some value. I'm going to take them in regulation, Ian. Uh, so give me the Panthers in regulation as an official play here. Yeah, the Panthers just keep impressing me, and, and I'm very interested to see going forward how they approach the trade deadline um, because they've got some space to work with. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that management team approaches things because, really, they have to consider themselves at this point a contender. Uh, we're past a quarter point, Mark. I, I think they've proven that they, you know, they're legit, so we got to watch this team as it goes forward. I know. I mean, there's still part of me that says it's it's hard to believe we're seeing Florida play this well, but you know when Jonathan Huberto is doing what he's doing, Alexander Barkov uh, are just outstanding offensively for them. How about Carter Verhage, the guy they got from Tampa? He's been awesome for them, yeah. and he's fit in seamlessly on the top line. Heck, Alexander Wenberg, they're getting some offense from him. Hornquist doing his thing in front of the net. I mean, what a pest that guy is right in front of the net every single night. That's his game, and he, and he thrives at it. Uh, there's a lot to like with this team, and their blue line's taking a step forward. Ekblad's having a really rock-solid year uh, right now on the blue line. Uh, there's a lot to like right now with this Panthers team, and Jimmy's going to ride them here on the three-way money line in regulation, which you can get at plus 110 here uh, on this Panthers team. By the way, you look at uh, Florida in terms of their – you know, you look at the expected goals margin and the high danger chances, which are a good gauge of how to really evaluate a game because sometimes the final score lies to you. Almost every single game, the Panthers are winning that. You know, three games in a row, they're dominating the team, their opponent in the expected goals margin. They've got the edge in terms of high danger chances in the majority of their games lately. Uh, they have been, you know, the, 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 the advanced metrics are saying this team's start to the season – uh, has been legit. So uh, give the uh, Panthers credit uh, for how they have played. Uh, next game on this uh, Wednesday slate, we're going to go to Calgary and Toronto. We've got the uh, Leafs minus 145 to minus 150 home favorites, the total six in this game. Michael Hutchinson was pretty good the other night against Calgary, even though uh, the Leafs obviously get shut out and lose 3 nothing. It was one of the rare games where you can say Toronto's problem, scoring. <laughs> they couldn't find yeah. the back of the net. They had a bunch of chances, though. They controlled the game. I, David Riddick had just had one of those games that, in fact, it was maybe one of the best 
goaltending performances of the season. And of all people to, for it to come from, it came from Dave Riddick for the Calgary Flames, who has actually been pretty poor for the last year or so. And he was marvelous uh, in that game against the Leafs. Calgary kind of fortuitous. They capitalized on a couple of their power plays. I thought at five on five, the Leafs were certainly the better team. And even then, Sheldon Keefe said things just weren't clicking. And he kind of said we need to be a lot better uh, in this game with our execution and our puck movement on the power play. It was just one of those games. Passes weren't clicking. Guys were fanning on shots. You're going to have that every now and then. Leafs will be better tonight. Uh, I like Toronto here. The, the price is right around that cutoff point where I would almost consider maybe regulation instead with Toronto at a better price here, plus 100. But I'm going to actually go with uh, the minus 145. There are still a buck 45 with the Leafs out there as favorites here tonight in this game. I do see a better uh, bounce-back performance from them here uh, in this game tonight. And uh, look, uh, Jeff Ward is going to ride the, try to ride the hot hand, David Riddick, one more time tonight. But, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's got another great game in him. Kind of like, because uh, we've seen this from some goaltenders this year where they have that amazing game. Kind of like what I think we might see from Nadelkovich today for Carolina. They have that great game out of nowhere, and then they have that clunker game. How about our Martin Jones? I was trying to think. I, I said someone in my mind that I was thinking of when I was yeah. saying that. They have that one great game, and then right back to the old, you know, bad goalie the next game. Martin Jones stood on his head against St. Louis. How did he play the other night against Minnesota? He was absolutely shelled in that game by the Minnesota Wild after that great performance against St. Louis. I kind of feel that could happen to David Riddick here tonight against this Leafs team. Now, the Leafs are banged up. No Thornton still. No Jake Muzzin still. Freddie Anderson's out, which is why it's Hutchinson again. But they do get Zach Hyman back, and that's huge. Zach Hyman is a just a relentless, tireless worker and gets the puck free for his line mates, does all that grunt work. Having him back is huge. He is a big component of this Leaf team. He's going to help them, and I think he's going to help them to a victory tonight. Jimmy, what do you like here, Flames and Leafs? Well, you know, I, I could definitely see the Leafs coming back with a win here and a bounce back. They've been good at that. Um, but I do like this game to stay low scoring. I, I don't think Riddick's going to fall apart tonight. I, I, more so, I don't think the system in front of him will fall apart. I think Calgary knows that they need to be committed to that system that Jeff Ward's put in place right now to survive. Uh, you know, they, they had high expectations like the Canadians too, and they've hit some speed bumps uh, and they're not where they want to be. They're running out of time right now. They're running out of runway. So um, I, I definitely like this game to stay under and that will be my official play. All right. Calgary, Toronto under six uh, plus a hundred stayed under the other night. Uh, and yeah, uh, to me, if you're Calgary, you're going to want to keep this low scoring. You're not going to want to trade chances with the Leafs because you can't mm -hmm. usually you can't win that battle against them. Uh, the Rangers and the Flyers, Philly minus 120 home favorites, total five and a half across the board. I sh I am I am on Philly here, and I don't know if I feel great about it. I should feel great about it. every bet. You should feel confident, and I, I usually do. But I just feel this makes a lot of sense to want to get behind the Flyers here. They're back home. They got kind of embarrassed a little bit in the. Uh, outdoor game at Lake Tahoe by the Bruins. I know they're still extremely shorthanded. That's played a part in it. Konechny, Voracek, Lawton, Lindblom, all of those guys still out. However, they at least get the captain, Claude Giroux, back tonight uh, in this game against the New York Rangers. Uh, he'll slot in for Alain Vigneault on the second line with Kevin Hayes and Nolan Patrick, uh, James Van Riemsdyk, Sean Couturier, and a scorching hot Joel Farabee uh, on the first line. No wonder he is... Uh, uh, playing on that top line right now. He's uh, definitely uh, been able to 
get offense rolling for this team and find the back of the net. The Rangers are just so damn inconsistent. It's hard to, you know, up and down. They beat the Flyers last week when the Flyers were playing that first game with that shorthanded lineup. So a little revenge spot here for Philly. And it's not like the Rangers are healthy going into this game. Capo Caco, Philippe Hedl are, are on the uh, COVID list. Uh, Artemi Panarin, of course, is not going to play. He's taken the leave of absence with the uh, the rumor mill going on about him and the the conflict he's got going over from over in Russia, uh, all of that stuff going on. So it's also maybe a little bit of a distraction for this Rangers team. Compare that with they get Giroux back. They're off a, a little bit of a you know butt kicking against the Bruins the other night. I think it sets up situationally and from a spot perspective here on Philly here in uh, in this game. So I'm going to go with them at minus. 120 back home against the uh, New York Rangers, who, again, uh, I don't bet against, I haven't bet against the Rangers very often at all, but uh, I do think you're going to get a prideful, better spirited effort here from Philly tonight. Jimmy, what do you think with the Rangers and Flyers? Yeah, you know, I, I would think just based on what happened with the Flyers in that, uh, you know, in the outdoor game on Sunday, man, for the second time, I almost called it the Winter Classic. I did that earlier today. Uh, in the NHL outdoors at Lake Tahoe, they were absolutely embarrassed and humiliated by the Boston Bruins. And, of course, they were depleted, missing a ton of people. And like you mentioned, they're getting Drew back. If I was going to go on this, I, I would lean towards the Flyers as well, just for the jolt they'll get to get their captain back and just for redemption as well. But I'm going to pass, uh, and, and maybe I look at this a little in-game to see how it's going. All right, pass. Uh, lean only to the Flyers for uh, Jimmy and uh, this one against the uh, Rangers. Uh, yeah, but uh, we'll see uh, Claude Giroux having him back at least uh, hopefully can help this team. And Brian Elliott, I don't mind him getting the start. Carter Hart's had an up and down year. And Brian Elliott, 3-1, and 2.25 goals against average, 928 save percentage. Those are good numbers for the veteran Brian Elliott. He'll be in net. I don't mind that one bit uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Next up, we've got Anaheim in Arizona. Uh, the Coyotes, minus 155 to minus 160. Home favorites, total five, shaded to the over. I hope anybody with a uh, actual Las Vegas, you know, in your own hands, physical sports book ticket didn't rip it up on Arizona after they got down three nothing the other night uh, against Anaheim as they rally back for the four to three victory in that game uh, against the Ducks. And look, my theory worked. You know, I have these crackpot theories. Sometimes they they make sense, and sometimes they 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 work out well. Sometimes they don't. My crackpot theory with Anaheim going into that game the other night was with Trevor Zegras on this team, watch them play a little more loosey-goosey, open things up a bit, up and down the ice a bit more, and what did we get? We got a seven-goal hockey game yep. uh, in that one against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And, again, with Zegras in the lineup, you know, I already saw, by the way, from watching that game, this guy can pass the puck and playmate. I know he's not just score. He can make plays. His vision is outstanding. They're giving him big minutes already, playing him with Sam Steele and Jakob Silverberg on the, on the second line. Uh, Max Jones, who's been actually getting it going. Max Jones is all of a sudden someone that's finally given Anaheim some offense, along with Getzlaff and playing with Getzlaff and Troy Terry uh, on the top line. All of a sudden, Anaheim, I think, has got a little more pep and mojo offensively. And Arizona, we've kind of seen them, you know, defensively at times look a little bit up and down, not quite that shutdown team that we're used to seeing with them under Rick Tockett. So I think for the foreseeables, at least in the short term, until proven otherwise, they're going to dole out a five with the total in An with Anaheim right now. You, you go over the total, and that's exactly what I'm going to do once again here uh, in this game. Go over the five, minus 130 with the Ducks and the Coyotes. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Anaheim, Arizona. 
Ian, great minds think alike, man. And I'm surprised we're getting an over under that low after what happened the other night. I guess they're just going on the track record throughout the whole season and big picture. But yeah, I'm with you, man. And good call by you on Anaheim opening up. And man, I am so excited to start watching Zegers play. I'm a big fan of his game. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league, and he should have been called up a lot earlier. I don't know what Anaheim thinks they're doing. I mean, clearly they're in a rebuild. So get these guys up there and start filtering in that young talent. But yeah, I'm going to go with you on this. Give me the over. All right, both of us liking over the total here, Ducks and Coyotes. Kings and Blues, we've got St. Louis, minus 160 home favorites, total five and a half, shaded to the under in this one. Uh, the Blues looking to avoid a two-game home sweep at the hands of the L.A. Kings, who are suddenly playing some really strong <laughs> hockey and finding ways to win, riding the goaltending of uh, the youngster, Cal Peterson, uh, for the most part. Uh, I think Quick started one of those games, but the rest of them were Peterson. He's been uh, outstanding. I'm not laying a price with St. Louis here. I know it's bounce back. And in theory, it's like St. Louis got to have this game. You know, they've they lost the finale against Arizona. Yeah, they dropped the first game here against the uh, LA Kings. You know, they need a bounce back here. They only split with San Jose. Uh, and the one game that they won, they were kind of fortunate to come back and win it. So it's not exactly been a fluid performance from this Blues team right now. And they're not at all a team I'm comfortable laying minus 160 in this kind of price range with. A banged-up team as well, Jaden Schwartz, Robert Thomas, Alex Steen, Tyler Bozak, Vlad Tarasenko, uh, Carl Gunnarsson now, a crippling injury for them, Carl Gunnarsson. He's one of their shutdown defensemen. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be out, I think, for the rest of the season. I was reading a, just a devastating blow because he's one of their best reliable defensemen in terms of playing in his own zone, shutting it down, shutting down opposing teams. They're already without Colton Pareko as well on that uh, Blues back end, so – they are black and blue right now. Black and blue from an injury perspective, kind of singing the blues with the way they're playing. Their current form hasn't been great. Yeah, it's a bounce back for the blues, but at this price, I'm going to have a smaller bet. Not not as much, not as strong as the others tonight on the card, but a smaller bet on the Kings here. Getting this price, you know, plus 140. They're injured. They're they're, they're not in good form right now, and not a team that I think's deserving of this minus 160 mantle. Uh, that they're currently uh, being uh, uh, tagged with. So uh, I'm going to look at L.A. a little bit here in this game uh, as the plus 140 road dog. Jimmy, what do you think here, Kings and Blues? I'm with you, and I'm going to go a step further. Give me the Kings in regulation for this one, buddy. Give me that value. All right, Kings in regulation plus 205 uh, going into this one. Like I said, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with Gabriel Velarde. Take him to score. Because this guy's rocking and rolling right now for the LA yep. Kings, the rookie, uh, and he's Alex just uh, follow has been good. A follow's been good. Adrian Kempe's been good all yeah. season long. Dustin Brown has turned back the clock a little yeah. and found some offense. Good for him. I mean, that guy's just you know, relentless in terms of he throws yeah. the body around. Uh, he's just a lunch pail guy, and to see him, you know, get rewarded offensively and, and be able to find the back of the net, you love to see that for guys like him heart and soul players of a Kings team playing some really good hockey right now. Again, St. Louis may win the game, but I've got no issues, no qualms whatsoever taking the chance here at plus 140 with the Kings, with the team that's right now in better form over the Blues. Uh, final game uh, on this Wednesday card, Minnesota and Colorado. We've got the Avalanche minus 175 home favorites, total five and a half shaded to the under. Uh, big win for Colorado, of course, in the Lake Tahoe game against Vegas. Kind of flat the next game, of course. They came back home in Denver to face the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights were ready for that. Golden Knights didn't want to go one and three uh, in the four games head-to-head -head against the Avalanche, and they played like it. 
Marc-Andre Fleury was spectacular. It's not like the Avalanche were terrible, but they weren't as sharp as they were uh, in the Saturday outdoor game. And Marc-Andre Fleury just rose to the occasion, was just sensational uh, in that game, getting the Vegas Golden Knights the big victory over Colorado. I like teams, though, off a loss like that, good teams to bounce back here. But I'm not in a rush to lay the price against Minnesota, the way Minnesota's played. I mean, Kirill Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov uh, continues to play outstanding for them. Kevin Fiala as well. Uh, They're getting great contributions throughout this lineup uh, at this point in time. I will not bet against Colorado off a loss. I'll just say that. But I'm not in a rush to lay this price with them. And I won't be taking them regulation line either. I like Minnesota's current form right now. And I think there'll be potential is there for them to give the Avalanche a game here uh, in my mind. I'm going to go with this game over the total. I like betting overs with teams that are good offensive teams and coming off a game where they got held down like Colorado did against Vegas. And Minnesota's just cashing overs left and right. And they're scoring goals too right now. So five and a half total. I like it over the number here. What do you think, Jimmy, Minnesota, Colorado? Uh, I like Terry Edelman's uh, nickname, Dollar Dollar Bill Kirill. That's pretty good. He's a big Wild fan, so I'm happy to see that he's got something good to cheer up. Well, copyright that now, brother. Copyright that now. Um, I'm going to go the other way on this, Ian. I I like the bounce back at Colorado here. Um, I think that they'll – I'm actually going to pull out Jimmy Puck line in this, so give me the avalanche on the Puck line in this. Um, And it's a good call on the over as well. Uh, I'd be interested to see what happens with that. Look, Minnesota's a, a team. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. They are scoring goals. So if you're looking to hit some overs, uh, look at the Minnesota Wild going forward because I, I think that they've surprised a lot of people. And maybe just now, I think the, the the odds makers are catching up to the fact that they're scoring more, but not to the point where, like, you know, you're going to always be looking at a six or a six and a half. You're still going to get five and a half with them. So I, I like looking at them for overs going forward. All right, Minnesota, Colorado as well, liking the over, but also Jimmy Puck line. I think this is the only Jimmy Puck line appearance on the show today is. is this game yep. here, yes. Colorado minus one and a half, plus 140 uh, for Jimmy uh, with this one, Avalanche against the Wild. And that's the Wednesday card. Before we get to best bets, we want to take care of business and remind you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code uh, THPN. That stands for, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network. When you sign up, you'll get incentives, you'll get bonuses, you'll get exclusive deals with your DraftKings Sportsbook app account by signing up and using that promo code THPN. All right, best bet time. Uh, We'll try to bounce back with them. It was a rough night with the best bets yesterday. See if we can do better today uh, with the uh, best bets. That's why I always say with the best bets, for me and my bankroll, it's it's only a little bit more than the other bets on the card. And there's a reason for that. Because you you think you (laughs) can target your strongest play, but it's not always going to work out. So that's why bankroll management is important. But uh, hopefully best bet bounce back here on this Wednesday. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like for a best bet on this card? Uh, you know, this is a it's a weird card for me to to feel that, but I'm I'm gonna go with the under in the Toronto Calgary game. I like them to have a good battle again. Like I said, it's gonna be real physical, really tight, not a lot of space to get out there. That's what I'm feeling there. So give me that as my best bet. All right, Calgary Toronto under six plus a hundred for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet. Uh, mine is gonna be the um, mine's gonna be Carolina Tampa Bay over six minus one fifteen. I think I'm sticking with this best bet for the third straight time. Because I had it Saturday, it fell short. I had it on Tuesday as a best bet, and it pushed. The game landed on six. 
Hopefully third time's the charm here. We finally get the game over the total with the Hurricanes and Lightning. I think we get that here this afternoon. Uh, so for me, Carolina, Tampa Bay, uh, over six, minus 115 uh, for my best bet on this Wednesday card. Uh, that will wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Remember, we're here seven days a week. We don't take weekends off. Everybody's <laughs> working for the weekend. Yes, and that includes the Ice Guys. We're here on Saturdays and Sundays as well at noon Eastern. Uh, doing the show live on YouTube. But a reminder, if you can't watch us live on YouTube, don't fret, don't panic like the Montreal Canadiens did this morning. You can tune in and download your audio podcast. <laughs> Things will be okay. Don't cry, baby. It'll be okay. Uh, you can download the audio podcast version of the Ice Guys on all major podcast providers uh, if you miss the show live. So make sure you do that. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.